you know that wasn't even done that wasn't even on purpose that was i was literally i literally just called domino's pizza and uh for some reason i swear to god i don't know why i feel like they think i have a, a feminine voice or something and they think i'm a woman so i just played on with it that day that wasn't even planned that just just happened out of the blue your voice was more, uh, the accent was more uh, Nigerian sounding than, mm -hmm. than what it is now with where I'm talking to you. But I, it did yeah, sound you know, it's, more feminine it's when you're talking more Nigerian. <laughs> you know, I was speaking, when I answered, I was like, hello, madam, how are you? And she was like, she's like, yes, ma. And she kept saying, yes, ma. And I'm like, okay, so I don't turn on for you. I go change it. I, I, I played on, I even, you know, I, I exaggerated my voice a bit. Welcome to Zila Food. Zila is the German word for soul. So soul food, but Zila food. This podcast is in conjunction with Zila Magazine, an online magazine bridging faith, cultures, and culture. I'm Ali Forti, an American Southern girl who travels and loves talking to people. I'm bringing you conversations from global movers and shakers from somewhere in the world. From these conversations, Hopefully you'll be inspired to move and shake too. Thanks for spending time with me today. I hope you get fed, so let's begin. His stage name is Oibo Rebel, but his name is Ferris Bulos. He's an Afrobeats rap and Afropop artist based in Lagos, Nigeria, but he was born in Houston, Texas, and he moved to Nigeria when he was five. Oibo Rebel's ethnic roots are found in Lebanon and France, and he's tied to these countries, but he feels himself more Nigerian. He's got a new single and music video dropping this Friday called The Storm. It's got this old school New York type of sound with lyrics out of a West Coast flow mixed with Lagos's native language Yoruba. We're all looking forward to hearing it. I talk, or we talk, his music, what inspired him to become a singer and actor. We talk Nigeria, culture, and how he identifies as a third culture kid, and what his fans can hopefully expect to see from him in 2021. So enjoy this podcast interview with Oibo Rebel. So thank you so much for your time and for joining today, Ferris. Thank you so much. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, Oibo Rebel, uh, which can be hard for Americans to pronounce, but yeah. Can you explain? I, I've seen other interviews of you and it's something to do with like being you're not black or is, does that what is that what Uibo means like you're you're different no, so the so Uimbo uh, is a Yoruba word um, that originates uh, from before the colonial times it's basically it's just it just means foreigner ah okay it means foreigner it means a different complexion of skin uh, it's but it's, it's not anything negative. that's born is oibo, and so like uh, it's not so negative like, though. Sorry, it's not negative though. Oh, uh, it's I mean it's not negative. No, it was a term of endearment uh, because 
I don't know, the way that's, that it was explained is that back, back in the day, it's like, oh, wow, you know, a person of different skin is here, you know, it's, it's just like, it was a wonder. But obviously, there are some negative connotations to it because it's, um, the, the Oimbo people didn't do all good when they came to Nigeria or, you know, from the, the Portuguese to the British, but that's a long thing. So, I mean, I, I use it as a term of endearment. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's, you know what, always trying to find the, the better outlook on something. So, yeah. Sure. sure, you're like taking something that can, can have a negative connotation and embracing it to make it positive, I guess. Yes, definitely. You know, and then also it's, there's, uh, I'm also playing on the word. The, mm -hmm. the word is oyimbo that Oimbo that has an N in it. And then, so I, the street slang is Oibo, you know, or the Igbo way of saying it is Oibo without the N. So, gotcha. yeah, it's just making it fun altogether. And then, so Oimbo Rebel, basically I, I was given this name, um, let's say back in 2006, uh, one of my bouncer friends from Nigeria, Philip, um, he, usually, he just called me Oimbo Rebel, you know, cause, not like your your typical Oimbo guy in Nigeria, you know? Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, what was like your aha moment when you knew that your calling was rapping, acting, performing? This has been a part of me from a very young age. Um, I always was, I was always acting in school plays and stuff, even though like it wasn't part of like what I did on much of a thespian. I never fit in with the thespians, but I loved theater mm -hmm. and I loved acting. I always knew I wanted to be in front of the camera. Uh, I knew I always wanted to perform for people, make them smile, make them laugh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, and always to evoke a feeling. So it's just since a very young age, tender age. And uh, for the last, let's say, since 2007 or 2008, I've been really pushing at it, you know, in all areas, singing, acting, and dancing. Mm -hmm. I used to dance a lot more. That was uh, my first, you know, my first very, you know, connecting yeah. passion that I had. Uh, and then um, the music and acting have just been together all together. So it's, yeah. Does it have to do also with like your mom being in the arts and as a dancer, was she your first inspiration? No, not really. I mean, she, it's, I'm sure that from the genes wise, you know, like uh, I get, I get a lot from my mom, like when it comes to when we're speaking about energy and stuff like that, like, I've, you know, um, being, uh, you know, a big personality like my mom, but I think uh, first time I watched Michael Jackson on TV, you know, that was, that was it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, it. this is what I want to do, man. I want to evoke a feeling like this. And yeah. that was from such a young age, you know, like I, I uh, from my memories from when I was five years old growing up, um, just like the year I was leaving Houston to come to Nigeria. I remember, I can still remember it till today, you know, watching the Michael Jackson video, same dance. Um, Trying to yeah, and it, it. remember the time. Yeah, I would just, you know, dance in a mirror, trying to act like Michael. 
I mean, I, I'm sure you've heard this many times. A lot of a lot of people's inspiration is Michael, you know. So, of course. Of course. Well, uh, you've got a new single coming out on Friday. So, can you talk a little bit about this single and the inspiration behind it? For sure. Okay. So this it's called the storm. Okay. The storm is uh, it's the single I cooked up during uh, the first lockdown in Nigeria. When we had our lockdown, it was around March. Um, I wanted to make a song with a video that people would be able to to like really enjoy during the lockdown period. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was originally just supposed to be a freestyle, but after I worked so hard on it, and I, because I'm also I'm also a a director, mm-hmm. so I studied film directing. I did my master's in film directing at Met Film School in London. Mm-hmm. And um, I really wanted to, to do a proper directing debut in Nigeria with this music video. So this, so the song and the music video are together. It's, it's, it's a one piece. It's a lot about the, the video itself. That's, that's very important to me. Uh, the song is called The Storm. It's, it's, um, it's kind of a jab as rappers that call themselves the best rappers and whether they, whether it's in Africa or something here specifically, I'm speaking about rappers who are calling themselves the best. And I'm saying that you need to work hard to be the best, you know, like don't claim you're the best when your flows are not there, when Mm -hmm. your, your word schemes are not there, when your punchlines are not there, you know, it's, it's just taking a jab at other rappers. Um, It's, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's it's a fun one. The video itself is gonna really do something, I think. When, when does I'm that come back. Out? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. When does the video come out? The video comes out on the on Friday the thirteenth as well. Oh, that's which is perfect because I'm depicting um, basically. So, like I'm saying, my message to those fake rappers is: that watch out. You know, Rebel is here, and he's here to expose you, and he's a killer on the beat. So mm-hmm. I'm. I love the, the 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 character Joker, and um, I'm also using uh, character uh, uh, Alex from the Drew, who's a Droog in the the movie Clockwork Orange. So basically, I'm taking you back to the 1980s mm-hmm. with this piece of work, and uh, it's something to really look forward to for sure. Wow. Uh, do you plan on dropping an album uh, in your near future? Definitely, an, an album will come. I think later, uh, maybe in the in the next two years. I think we're we're gonna drop an EP mm-hmm. as the next step. You know, with COVID and all that, uh, and all that's happened this year, um, we've been you know pushed back with everything. You know, people are unsure of if they should release music right now. How is it being ingested? How is it? You know, what's the 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 lifespan? of a song or an album mm-hmm. and right now we're still just you know knocking them out one one after the other so it's it's now it's my first single that i'm releasing as oibo rebel by myself as a solo song and the next project is going to be an ep with like six songs i think okay step by step step by step um you're in an industry, music and movies, where there's a lot of rejection. What keeps you staying as a musician, as an actor, 
I'm sure you've had a lot of rejection. What keeps you going? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's for sure. Rejection is something you face every day. It's something, I mean, if, if you quit, you know, you only lose because all the hard work you put in, it's like, what are you doing it for? Are you doing it for the process? Are you doing it for recognition? Or what are you doing it for? For me, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot about the, the process. I love doing what I'm doing. And what keeps me going is that it's in the hopes and, um, you know, in, a, in the, the faith that I'm going to be able to do what I want to do in this, in this game uh, as much as for as long as I can, you know, so like I'll be able to, to make bigger videos and have bigger budgets and be able to direct more of my own pieces. And, you know, that's what keeps me going. So with yeah. rejection, without rejection, I just create That's That's all. That's what keeps me going at the end of the day is creation. And I guess um, you do it because you love it, not because someone might reject you for something that you're trying to go for. Yeah, but you know, uh, you do it for the love of it. You know, that's, I feel at most, I feel most myself when I'm on set or while I'm recording or, you know, while I'm performing, this is where I feel alive. So I'm gonna spend, you know, my entire life, uh, you know, pursuing that. Yeah. Whether I get the recognition, whether I get the accolades for it or not, at the end, it doesn't matter. If you're, if you're a performer, if you're a creator, you just have to do what you love, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually talking to Killian Hennessy. His family is the famous Hennessy Cognac family, uh, but wow. he has his own perfume line. And uh, I was talking to him about calling and he said that do the, the thing that you really love doing, if you would pay to do it and you, you would never get paid for it, then that's it. And um, it's kind of like mm. what you're saying, like you would do this no matter what. So uh, yeah. I think like the advice to people who, especially in industries where there's a lot of rejection, like, acting and and um music is you do it because you love it and even if you have no one in the audience <laughs> you know as long as you're there as long if you have one person one fan make them happy you know that's that's the that's the whole game right. you just have to keep going right and don't get demoralized by you know don't don't concentrate on anyone else that's always the thing, you know, don't look at somebody else's likes or somebody else's push and stuff. They're doing them. Just do you as much as you can, you know, and obviously try to, to cater to your fans as well. Exactly. Um, how, how have you been catering uh, to your fans in the sense, like during, you mentioned COVID, how have you been catering to your fans and honing your craft during the lockdown did the routine so, bring you more, make you more creative? It 100% did. I took advantage of it fully. Um, I was able to really, to really actually build my fan base during that time. That was the time that I made, I made all my fan base come, come alive uh, through comedy mm -hmm. and through music. I mean, I was doing a lot of Nigerian covers, famous covers of like, sorry, I was doing a lot of covers of famous Nigerian songs mm -hmm. and that's how I, I built uh, my fan loyalty by, you know, 
push, pushing out content, funny, really funny contents. I mean, that's uh, mostly targeted at Nigerian fans. And, uh, you know, I took advantage of the lockdown. So that's it. That's we with comedy and music. That's that's, that's how we dance. Yeah, I um, I found out about you through um, uh, Oriental Man. He's a guy, a Lebanese guy on uh, Instagram. And then I, I went to your Instagram and then I saw you were making funny videos and the pizza one that you did, <laughs> the Domino's pizza one, uh, that's quite funny. Oh, you know, that wasn't even, that, that wasn't even on purpose. That was, I was literally, I literally just called Domino's Pizza and uh, for some reason, I swear to God, I don't know why, I feel like they think I have a, a feminine voice or something and they think I'm a woman. So I just played on with it that day. That wasn't even planned. That just, just happened out of the blue. Your voice so, was more, yeah. uh, the accent was more uh, Nigerian sounding than, mm -hmm. than what it is now with where I'm talking to you, but I, it did yeah, sound you know, it's, more feminine it's when you're talking more Nigerian. <laughs> you know, I was speaking, when I answered, I was like, hello, madam, how are you? And she was like, she's like, yes, ma. And she kept saying, yes, ma. And I'm like, okay, so I don't turn on for you. I go change. I, I, I played on, I even, you know, I, I exaggerated my voice a bit. But so what it is, is that um, my Nigerian accent Mm -hmm. It's something that I've had. It's like another language for me, you know? So if I want to start speaking pigeon for you, I go give on, I go give on like this for you, you understand? Now different parole completely. Wow. But yeah, it's, it's, so it's a different language for me uh, completely, you know, pigeon and, uh, you know, a bit of Yoruba dialect is, is a complete different side of me, you know, as I speak French as well which will also just differ. Which is, yeah, I'm sure when you're in France or Paris, you, you don't uh, act like you are when you're speaking the Nigerian dialects. Um, and it kind of leads to the next few set of questions that I've got, and we might come back to this, but you're, you're a third culture kid uh, in the sense that you've got two parents with two different you know cultures, you have an American passport, right? And then it seems that you feel very Nigerian or it seems that you feel yourself more Nigerian than maybe Lebanese, French or American. But how do you see yourself? I'm curious. I do see myself more Nigerian because Nigeria, Lagos, as a Lagosian mainly, because this is where, Lagos is where I grew up. You know, it's Lagos is where I had my most vital years, you know, and um, I'm Lebanese, but I don't speak Arabic. Mm -hmm. Like I hardly speak Arabic. My Arabic is terrible. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm French, but I don't, I sound French, but you can tell I have an accent. Mm -hmm. um, and then Nigeria is just, that's been home for me, you know, like I, as a third, third world kid, third culture kid, you know, it's always been hard for me to tell someone where I'm from, you know? Yeah. I can, I can only imagine. And then where does American fit into that? Do you feel American at all or? I, I do. I, I love America. You know, that's where I was born. I'm, I'm, I'm a Texan, you know, I was born in Houston, Texas, and I lived there for five years growing up. So that's, you know, my first memories are from, 
from Houston. So I'll never forget that, you know. And um, uh, I lived in Los Angeles as well. But, you know, I, I always grew up with, like, people telling me, no, you're not American. That's not an American accent and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and now growing up, I understand, you know, you are who you are. You know, you are who you, who you, who you believe you are. And nobody's going to take that away from you, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, my next question is about the racism that you've encountered in Nigeria and how you've overcome it. And when I um, found your Instagram account through Oriental Man and hearing you talk uh, with your, you sound African sometimes or Nigerian sometimes when you speak. And then I'm African-American living in Beirut and Mm. my experience is that the Lebanese can be so racist racist. um, and the things that they do to Africans I've been thought of as a prostitute by Lebanese um, because that's how they think of black women so that when I when I saw you as a your face looks very uh, Lebanese you look Lebanese, mm-hmm. but you sound African. I'm like, wow, okay. I, I also <laughs> have to change my perceptions of, of not every Lebanese person or, or not every white person is racist. And then I heard you talking about your uh, encounters with racism in Nigeria. So how do you overcome that um, in Nigeria? Uh, you know, in... In Nigeria, with race, I mean, most people aren't racist in Nigeria. You know, most it's it's bad. There's a lot of white privilege in Nigeria. Actually, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's really sad that even in a country like Nigeria, that's you know, majority, it's 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 a most it's most populated black country in the world, and they they still have white privilege there. You know, so mm-hmm. the 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 racism that I've I've experienced there is not substantial. The only the only thing that you did that you'll experience is that okay, you're white, so you have money, you mm-hmm. know. It's not like you're white and you stole or this and that. No, Nigerian people are actually very loving people, you know. It's very sad. People that have gone through a lot, you know. Yeah. But there's something else we haven't spoken about. You know how you said that the Lebanese people in in uh in Lebanon are very racist. Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, they can be racist too, you know. But then you have Lebanese people like me, you know, a lot of us that grew up in Nigeria that love Nigeria so much. Like, we just love the culture. We love the people. We we feel more at home in Nigeria than in anywhere else in the world, you know, anywhere else in the world. And yeah, it, you know, you're obviously you're obviously gonna deal with with uh, with racism. I mean, where they'll want to price something differently for you, you know, because you're white, they're gonna make you pay more, you know. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is that that's what I bring out to me. So if they won't chance me like that, they're going to stand say no at all. No few chance me like that. Look at that kind of people. <laughs> they're like, then they're like, whoa. Nice. You know, like, dude, this dude isn't some white dude like that, you know? <laughs> we can't we can't do him like that, you know? Right, right. You, know, you get him out, you get him out. You don't pay his dues. Right. That's that's probably happening in any country. If I spoke Arabic. Um, the Lebanese would probably be surprised. Uh, yeah, mm. so you, yeah. you stand up for yourself, um, which is good um, <laughs> with the Nigerians. Always. Um, always, always, always speak up. Are you so taking- it's okay, we say Nigeria, speak up. Yeah, 
That's it's it's important in life. I sp I think especially in these develop the developing world uh, to speak up. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, um, are you taken seriously as a Nigerian music artist with the one hundred percent? Oh, good. One hundred percent. You know, we finally figured out the formula. What it's what it needed. What we need. What it's. Uh, what needed to happen for the people to take us seriously. And it's had to be art in a way that they've never seen it before. So like, okay, we've seen, we've seen Oibo guys that speak pigeon and this, but have you seen them speak your Obama song with a proper accent? You mm -hmm. know, no, we haven't seen that. So that's, that's where they took me seriously, you know? And the fact that I was uh, featuring other artists, you know, famous Nigerian uh, rappers, and just collaborating with different comedians as well. They obviously, they know I'm not joking around. They know that I, I grew up in Nigeria. You can't fake this, you know, like mm -hmm. maybe they wouldn't have taken me seriously if, if it was fake, if it was put on, if I came from another country trying to, you know, culture vulture, but no, it's, it's I'm, a, I'm an artist before anything and I'm, I'm a Nigerian before anything. So that's it, you know, you just, you have to take it seriously. Yeah, and the, the, the people. I, I would say that um, maybe Blacks are intrigued when someone who isn't Black comes on the scene to, to do their kind of music. I think maybe when Eminem came on the scene, mm -hmm. um, he, he, of course, I guess, had to prove himself to the, the rap hip hop world, but I think he was embraced. And I think maybe blacks are a little bit more or quicker to embrace um, artists who don't look yeah. like them. For sure. I mean, it's definitely a plus. Like I said, it's, a, it's the privilege of not looking alike, but it's also the fact that it's not seen a lot that, you know, most people take on American culture, you know, or like most. Uh, most people take foreign cultures, you know, they take it on like French, American, whatever it is, British, but it's, it rarely happens on the other way around, you know, where the, where the person glorifies the African culture, you get? Mm -hmm. yeah. And like, there's, there's been many times where people are like, wow, like this, like we don't even push Nigerian culture this much and this guy loves Nigerian culture so much, you know, like that's the, that's the kind of the narrative we, we went about because I love Nigeria and I, that, you know, it's yeah. it's taken in a in a nice nice way because obviously I'm showing love. Yeah. So it's really shown in you that you really love Nigeria. And like the next question is, do you only plan to make music content for Nigeria, or would you also like to make music for the U.S. market? Jump on the hip hop scene, the rap scene. You know I um, definitely, that's what I, that's what I was focusing on before mm -hmm. to make it more world music um, or like more, more uh, Western music in a way, but um, it's very hard to pierce to the market like that. You know, you have to pierce home first. Mm -hmm. That's, that's where we learned. Uh, that's where we, over the last 10 years, I've realized that, that you have to first make your, your, your core fan base at home and then Hopefully it will translate to the rest of the of the world. You need you need you need your platform first, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Okay. 
Gotcha. Uh, what other genres of music inspire you? All kinds. I listen to all kinds of music, you know, from classical music to old school Frenchies um, to uh, music. Is country, sorry? Is country music a, a genre? Country music, no, uh, but ska, reggae. Um, I listen to all kinds, like literally all kinds of music. I, I listen to heavy metal sometimes too, hard rock, you know. I, what inspires me is anything that, that can give me goosebumps okay. is the kind of stuff that inspires me, you know? And then, um, I, what you, that was the question, right? What, what inspires me in music? Yeah, what other genres inspire you? Um, I think it's really cool how music genre lines are blurring, like uh, mm -hmm. country music and hip hop meshing together, like with Old Town Road. Mm -hmm. uh, the charts didn't know what to do with that. They took it down off. I think radio, country radio pulled it and- um, The country, yeah, the, I remember reading about that too, yeah. Yeah, but then they had to put it back up because then the people were liking it. So, and what mm -hmm. Nelly and Tim McGraw did, um, blurring those lines. So who knows? And I was actually just interviewing a country music artist. She's half, Congolese and half white American. And uh, wow. we were saying like, oh, uh, maybe there'll be uh, country and like Afro beats, <laughs> like a, a song that can come out of it because actually the Middle East is listening to country music in, in high numbers. And I was sitting with really? a, a Jordanian artist last year in Dubai and he created a country music song with Middle Eastern sounds. And I didn't think it could work, but oh my gosh, it worked so well. Wow. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear that. Yeah. So who knows, maybe Afro beats and, you know, country or some other genre that you don't think work goes together. Uh, I think that's the joy of music. And For sure, for sure. Definitely blending cultures and all that is... You know, that's that's the storm right now. What I'm doing with the storm, the song that's coming out, it is it is blending two two um, two different types of styles. I'm doing an African rap song, but it's on a on a on a boom bop New York beat, you know, which is not norm it's not typical of a Nigerian artist to do. Yeah. Uh, I think the world is hungry for blending of genres and mm -hmm and having various sounds coming out of a genre that you wouldn't normally, yeah, anticipate, so. For sure. Yeah, okay, so uh, three lasting questions for this podcast interview. Um, you come from a family that takes God seriously. How is your life guided by faith at all? Um, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm a, definitely a prayer. I've been praying since a very young age. Uh, I'll have times where I'm very, you know, uh, very much in faith, going to church and stuff. And then I'll have times where I'm not as practicing, like going to church, but I'm still very much, you know, uh, my spiritual compass is Jesus, you know, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Um, our, our lives are meant to, of course, enjoy like our calling, our skills and the nice things in life, but how do you find ways to give back to the less fortunate? 
Uh, I mean, in Nigeria, you always have to give back. It's it's part of uh, it's part of life there, you know. You gotta tip as much as you can. Try and give money to as much as you can, left, right, and center. You know, it's uh, it's so important because it's really, really bad out there. It's really, really, really bad out there. It's uh, it's, it's hard. hard. Life is hard, man. It's really hard. When you live in a place like Nigeria, you understand that you know you can't complain and you should just be happy with what you have because a lot of people have less. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you don't get to see it that much in places like Europe or America, like the. Not at all. Not at all. Like you know, I don't want to bash on anyone else, but it's it's much harder in Africa. You know, everything is much harder. You know, I see people protesting and being angry and all this stuff everywhere else it's like guys you don't even know half of it like you don't know half of how hard it is everywhere else like just to be in america is a blessing just to be in france is a blessing just to be in england is a blessing yeah you know it's so hard it's lagos living is the difference is yeah it's terrific it's terrible i can see somebody that you know that lives on like like less than a dollar a day and it's not a joke that's that's actually how they live you yeah. know they sleep on on the floor and stuff you know and they they, they shower with buckets yeah yeah i i believe it i mean the the closest thing the poverty i've seen is well the syrian refugees in parts of lebanon and then mm-hmm. in egypt uh, just getting back every time i'm there the poverty and different areas like American poverty can't compare to poverty in African nations or yeah well that's great that you um give back when you can and sorry and I I think more people should be we should be getting more you know more donations for Americans (laughs) yeah yeah to help with the world poverty because Americans have no idea if you've never left the United States. It's crazy. Like we just went through a whole, like the NSARS movement. It took a lot for, for America to, to also, you know, shout out the black, you know, the, the, the NSARS movement. It was so hard, you know, during black lives, uh, during BLM, everybody was supporting America, you know, and then the, the reverse took so much time. And I was like, I can't believe this. Like, like Black Lives Matter matter everywhere in the world. It's not just America, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. For me, it was a bit... Well, what happened know. with that in Nigeria with the, the NSAR movement? Crazy. Is it-, it was crazy. You know, it's, it was the most beautiful thing that ever happened for, for Nigeria. It's, the youth stood up for themselves, mm-hmm. went to the streets to, to peacefully protest, you know, and it ended up so terribly, you know, the, Ended up with a shooting uh, by the army mm-hmm. at a peaceful protest that wasn't that like they, they put a, a mandatory curfew uh, in the city of Lagos mm-hmm. and uh, they turned off these lights at this place where they were protesting and they started shooting in the air so bullets went everywhere and wow. hit some people man it's crazy like till today we don't know who called the order and stuff you know it's yeah, it's deep. It's deep. You know, this year, what, what have we not seen this year? You know, but I think 2020 is a year of reset and it's it's a year to show what's really in people's hearts, what's been in people's hearts. It's an uncovering and an exposing. I think it will go into 2021. 
And I think God is doing something um, in this world to, to just uncover things that need to be uncovered. And hopefully it will bring, you know, a reset of, of better living, a righteousness in the hearts of men and women around the world. So it's yeah. definitely a challenging year. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. But yeah, my last question is like, what can the world expect to see from you and your music in 2021? Are you working on any films or anything? Yes, definitely. There's some projects that are coming along. Uh, hopefully more movies, more, more features. Um, this new EP that's going to come out is going to be great. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's going to have my my Western side as well in it because I do make Western music. I do American, like more American style music. Um, definitely just more art, more comedy, more creation. Okay, any tours? Will you be, hopefully if COVID gets under control, performing around Nigeria? No, I, <laughs> I hope so as well. I really hope so. Yeah, awesome. Well. Bear, or Oibo Rebel, sorry. <laughs> Thank you for <laughs> taking the time to join the podcast. For sure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this podcast conversation and that it fed you in some way to pursue your own dreams. Be sure to subscribe to Zayla Mag at zaylamag.com, S-E-E-L-E-M-A-G.com, where you'll be automatically entered to win our giveaways. And follow us on Instagram at Zela Magazine, S-E-E-L-E -E Magazine. Till next time.